0: We're going down to the river, down to the river, down to the river to pray, yeah, yeah. Let's get washed by the water, wash by the water, rise up in amazing grace. Let's go down, down, down to the river. You will the change. Let's go down, down, down to the river. I take my text tonight. From the Old Testament book of Hosea. Hosea was a minor prophet. Who was called on by God. To take an unvirtuous woman as his wife. To represent what the children of Israel was doing to God. They were his. Israel was. You understand that Israel was. God's esteemed bride. That he had delivered out of the hands of Egypt. Now they were serving other gods. Putting other things before their relationship with him. Does that sound familiar? It sounds familiar. Hosea is actually one of my favorite books in the Bible. Uh, In my earlier years, when I needed to have a question for like that bank question, it was always like my favorite book in the Bible is Hosea. I now have changed that, so you cannot go hack my bank account. So just saying. But Hosea has been one of my favorite books in the Bible because It represents all of us today straying from God's love, seeking worldly treasures and experiences. Yet at the end of Hosea, just as Christ stood on the auction block, Hosea paid the price for his wife's sins, just as Jesus paid the price for our sins. Hosea paid a very high price for his own bride who had left him and we went to seek other men just like we often place other things in the place of our relationship with Christ. But the scripture that I want to read tonight is found only in 2nd chapter Hosea. And this is what I would like to speak from. Hosea chapter, 20, Hosea chapter 2 verse 23 it says, And I will, I will, notice here future tense, I will sow her unto me, In the earth. And I will have mercy upon her. That have not obtained mercy. And I will say to them. Which were not my people. Thou art my people. And they shall say thou art my God. The English Standard Version says. That I will sow her. For myself in the land. And I will have mercy on no mercy. And I will say to not my people. You are my people. And he shall say that you are my God. Some of you come here tonight wondering how am I going to make it in this crazy, messed up world. How am I going to keep the faith when it seems like everyone else has turned away? How will I keep believing that my family is going to turn around and come back running to Christ when it seems that they are running in the opposite direction? Some of you may even be wondering how your children are going to make it back to heaven. How is my friends going to hear the gospel of Christ how how are we going to get to that point but I want to come here tonight to encourage someone that the only way to reach the other side of that mountain is to keep your vision for the after that's my message tonight from God that we must keep our vision of the after we must keep that at the forefront of our mind let us pray Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jesus, for your spirit. God, we thank you, Lord, for your anointing. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ so that your spirit would operate in this place. God, I release, Lord, your spirit to move in a mighty way. God, open up our eyes. Lord, let our servants see tonight. God, let this church see what you are doing in the miraculous, in the spiritual realm right now. Lord, God, I bind every spirit of distraction, Lord, and I loose your spirit. I loose your love and I loose your peace in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. You may be seated. A modern day author named Ogre Winnie Okie, an immigration lawyer from Nigeria, wrote this in one of her books about pursuing your life to the fullness in Christ. She said, practice only envisioning yourself at the finish line and be unrelenting and fervent and racing towards that finish line. Undo preoccupation and fixation with the hows, the wins, and the what- ifs. They will not only derail and further your distance from your destination but will also feed your mind with those fatal seeds of doubt that make failure inevitable. Many times we as Christians put blinders on our eyes allowing our current struggles, pains, regrets to apprehend us from our path to the other side. The valleys of our life become almost unbearable and too hard to walk through because we have convinced ourselves that we are too weak to face the struggle. The spirit of the Antichrist has entered our daily lives through very inconspicuously rearing its head and convincing us to stay right where we are in our struggle and causing us to fear to move forward. This is an old trick of the adversary and an old habit of us people that we must break. We see the same spirit among the ten spies That were sent to scope out the promised land. Their vision for the after had been blurred. Numbers chapter 13 verses 27 says. And they told him and said. We came unto the land. Whither thou sent us Moses. And it flows with milk and honey like you promised. And the fruit is there. But the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and are very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. These ten spies saw with their physical eyes the impossibility of the situation and forgot about the promise of the after. Their spiritual eyes were blinded by their hunger and their thirst for worldly food and manna. And they were choked out by the fear of the adversary, all the while God was trying to help them see the heavenly provision that was waiting for them on the other side of that wall, on the other side of that river Jordan. You see, the river Jordan is a type, apologies, that shows that the promised land could not be entered until crossing the Jordan. Deuteronomy chapter 11. It says that for you're about to cross the Jordan to go in to possess the land that the Lord your God is giving you and you shall possess it and live in it. You've got to cross the Jordan and live in the land that the Lord is giving you to inherit. Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 10 and then Deuteronomy chapter 27 verse 2 says, so it shall be on the day when you cross the Jordan, when you cross the that Jordan to the land that the Lord gives you. You will set up for yourself large stones and coat them with lime. And when you get to the other side of that Jordan, You're going to be able to experience something that you've never had before. You're going to be able to experience provision that you've never been able to experience before. You're going to be able to eat things that you've never even seen with your eyes. You're going to be able to drink milk and honey like you've never had before. You saw Israel that the manna that fell from heaven was good. But watch what I'm going to do on the other side of the Jordan. Just as the Israelites couldn't couldn't leave Egypt without passing through the Red Sea, Scripture does not provide a way to enter the promised land apart from crossing the Jordan. Here we see the typology of this river Jordan. The Christian cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven without crossing their Jordan. There has to be a line in the sand. There has to be something that you've got to cross over. You've got to die daily, pick up your cross, and follow Him. There's a Jordan River at times that sometimes you have to cross. Sometimes you've got to jump in and just swim to the other side. Your Jordan can be anything that stands in the way of your promise. But the only way to get to the other side, is you have to jump in to the river. You've got to jump in and keep your eyes set on the banks of the after. You've got to keep your vision. On the after. You see, the after is the part that comes after your struggle. After your pain. After your hurt. After whatever you're going through in your life. You have to keep a vision of the after. You have to keep a vision that after I cross my mountain, after I cross my Jordan, after I'm delivered from my addiction, after I'm set free from my pain, after I overcome my depression, you won't make it to the other side without a vision of what's on the other side. The after is that promise that you've been given. It's that word that is deep down in your soul that you're too afraid to even bring up. It's that word that God maybe has given you a month ago, years ago, maybe decades ago that God said that this was going to happen. And it's that word that's deep down inside of you longing to come out. a Longing down deep in your soul to see the miraculous in your life and your family. And I come tonight at the river to encourage someone to do not forget that vision of the after. Do not forget the vision of the after. Because after your storm, peace will come. After your pain, healing will begin. After your kids walk away from Christ, they will return. A vision of the after is not fixed on now. It's a mindset that if I can just face my struggle, if I can just get out of my storm, that I know that my tomorrow will be better. A vision of the after is saying that I know my family, May not be serving Jesus right now. But after the storm. And after the rain. And after the wind. And after their trial. And after their tribulation. I just know that they're coming home. I just know that God's going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. I just know that after their struggle. Sister Spikes, I really felt this in the spirit when I was getting ready for this. I believe that after that struggle, your baby's going to come home. I prophesy it in the name of Jesus. For every person, every father, every mother that's got a son, a daughter, that's maybe walked away from Christ, I prophesy that they're coming home after their struggle, after their pain. I believe it. I believe it. Brother Gov last week talked about having a hope in Christ. That hope is rooted in that if I can just hold on, I know that Jesus will make a way to see me through. That we have a blessed hope in Jesus Christ. That that though I may be in the struggle, I still got my hat on. I still got my helmet on. In the last couple weeks, our world Has changed almost every hour. We have been perplexed. With the war in Ukraine. Our gas prices have skyrocketed. And our paychecks seem to get smaller. Every day. I hear of more money. Being printed from our government. Which means more taxes. That I'm going to have to pay. I've heard and I'm even guilty of saying. That I don't know how. We're going to make it. I don't know how we're going to get through this. I don't know if, if we make it out of this. I've heard that and I've said it multiple times. If we make it out of this season. Let's be honest here tonight. Maybe you said it too. If I can just get through this. If I make it out of this struggle. If I make it out. If. But tonight I'm reminded by God. That my vision has been blurred by my present circumstance. Because there is no option for God to let us down. There is no way that my Jesus can forsake me. He's done brought me to where I am now. And I don't believe that he's failed me yet. So what in my right mind believes that he's going to let me down now? When I begin to have this mindset and when I begin to shake myself and realize that I must fix my eyes on the after, then all my present problems seems like ant hills, where though it might hurt me for a season, it will not kill me. I might have a little bump on my foot. I might have a little thing on my hand. But you know what? It will not kill me. It might be uncomfortable for a while. It might hurt a little bit. But my struggle cannot kill me if I keep my eyes fixed on the prize of the after. If I keep my eyes fixed on Jesus Christ and say that after the storm and after the rain, I know that it can make it out. Tonight we need a renewing of our mind. We need to remind ourselves that God has never failed you. And He does not plan on starting anytime soon. Has God ever failed anyone in this building? Raise your hands if God's ever failed you. No, they have not. Because God cannot fail you. God cannot fail what you're going through because He wants to pull you out. He wants to bring you out of your situation. He wants to deliver you. Gas prices may rise, but God's provision will come through. War might break out all over the earth, but revival of His Spirit will be released. Prices of lumber might go up. It might cost drastically a large amount of money to build a house. But God's money is not invested in this world's economy. And when God says He's going to deliver you, and when God said He's going to provide for you, when God said that He'll open up the windows of heaven for your life, you better not doubt it for one second. I believe in a provision, God. I believe in a God that can take care of every one of your needs. Do you believe that tonight, the river? Do you believe that God can take care of every single one of your needs? Tonight, we need a renewing God. Of a vision of the after, to keep our eyes fixed on the prize, to keep our eyes fixed on the after the storm. I recently, I recently looked back over the past year of my life, and I was driving down the road, and I began to just think of where God has brought me from. And I'm gonna read this next part, and I do not say this out of Any kind of pride, I don't say this out of anything that I'm boasting in any kind of way. I want to preface this and I I wish that I didn't have to, but I'm going to preface it and say that I'm not boasting. But I want to tell you and I want to share with you what God has done with me and my family in the last year because I want to give glory to God. I want to give glory to where it matters the most. I was thinking about my last, this last year of my life and thinking how good God has been to me and my family. You see, when me and Lakin first got married in 2015, she and I were both in college. Most young couples are in college, and that's not a big thing. I was working three jobs. I was working for the blood center, I was working for the church, and I was stocking molding for Lowe's. I worked till my body and my mind was physically and mentally exhausted. I went through eight jobs in the last seven years, incrementally trying to better myself and trying to just provide for my family. Living paycheck to paycheck, never truly knowing how God was going to provide, but always trusting that He would. At times I would cry driving down the road going to Pasigoula, Mississippi, begging God to deliver me from the burden of working such long, long hours. Throughout those years, we've all been through a flood that shocked an entire state, several major hurricanes, and even in our family, we had multiple, multiple deaths. In the midst of all of this, trying to see where God was trying to take us in ministry and serving the kingdom diligently. My story may not be like everybody else's, and I assure you that this is just a little chapter of my life because there's other chapters that are not this pretty. I promise you that the start of my story is a lot worse than where I am right now in the chapter of my life. But I do not tell you this because I want to boast, but it is my testimony of how God has kept my family and my family through all of our struggles. We're here in 2022, and in one year, this is what God has done for my family. We closed on a beautiful house in December. A new house in the middle of interest rates skyrocketing, and that is where we currently are living right now. When I was in the middle of building the building, when I was in the middle of building my house, the man called me and said, You better be glad that we signed the contract because right now I'd have to go 30% higher on your house. Provision. Right on time. In the middle of this past year, I landed a new job. Of my dreams that allows me to increase my income and increase my giving while also doing the work of the Lord. Yes. After five years of waiting and trying for over a year, my firstborn baby girl, Annalyn Kell, was born. And it's been a blessing. I traded in my dream red Sierra. I still dream about it at nighttime. I traded in my dream, gas guzzling. Let me say that again. Gas guzzling, I've got to convince myself. Gas guzzling truck to get a vehicle my wife only dreamed of getting and pay, and now I pay below what I was paying before. Unheard of. Unheard of. Within the last month, like I said, we had our baby girl. I called one of the hospital bills. I called to pay one of the hospital bills. It was over $2,000, and I paid down on it. And all of a sudden, that lady come across the phone and said, Sir, I don't know why you're calling, because your bill is completely zeroed out. You don't have a bill no more. On top of that, when I traded in my truck, the company that I work for now has given me a company vehicle where everything is pretty much paid for. But see, that, that's just the minor part that I want to talk about. The more That's just the material things that God has done for me. When I looked at my life spiritually, I've developed a love, and my family has developed a love for the loss like we've never had before. My daily disciplines of prayer and reading has become more solid in my walk with God. God has allowed me to be surrounded with world-changing leaders and being led by a pastor that has a vision for the after. I'm a part of the greatest movement that there ever was. The river where an entire community is being impacted and the lives are being changed. This past year has been absolutely mind-blowing. But my vision for the after is still fixed on what could come next. Though I might be in the mountaintop, I know that the valley might come soon. And I have to prepare my mind to say, I I cannot stay right where I am, though God has blessed me. I know that I have an after this. I know that God is going to provide for me. Whether I'm in an impossible situation or where I am right now, I believe that there is an after today. And I believe that after is after my storm, after my rain, After everything. This past year has just absolutely mind-boggling when I sit down and list out the things that God has done, not just for me, but also for every single one of you in this church. I have heard story after story after story of God providing for your need. Where God paying off other hospital bills. Where people's getting checks from inheritances. Where people are just giving out of the community and saying, I see what you're doing at the river and I've got to give to it. We are in a season of revival. We in a season a blessing but here we are right now and in the middle of all of that there might be someone that's here tonight that says that I haven't seen my best days that I'm not living in my best chapter I'm not living in the best part of my life I want to come prophesy to you right now I prophesy to you that your after is going to be so much greater than your before. What you thought was an impossible situation right now is getting ready to become your catalyst to the next level. If you believe, if you believe that God can do anything in your life, I want you to stand right now and give God the praise that He truly deserves. Come on, why don't you declare, Jesus, I want vision for the after. Jesus, I want vision for the after. You can be seated. As the musicians come, I read an article recently. That was authored by a pastor in Terre Haute named Pastor Jeff Harple. He's actually a friend of my wife's family. And I've gotten contact with him over the last couple of years. And just an incredible, incredible resource. But he wrote on his blog something that I read this past week. And it just, it just completely just wrecked my world. He said, consider the eighth largest country in the world. Bangladesh. Poverty and abuse are the norms inside of its own red light district. Generations have lived and died without ever knowing the most basic comforts afforded to the American life. An award winning photographer by the name of G.M.B. Akesh was burdened by the lives of his own marginalized people boasting over 163 in population just in his small city. The needs of the people are so profound, and most consider any assistance to be futile. Four million Bangladesh children have been forced into hard labor in factories and brick fields with almost no rebuttal by the international community. The scenes are gripping, and I cannot relay the whole picture. Throw that first picture up there this young lady sitting there just. Beating bricks to try to break them up. Beating bricks to try to just make a living for her mother and her father and her family. A cash decided to take some before and after pictures while helping one child at a time. Picture two is the after of this young lady. The same young lady. Throw up picture three. This young man, you see him on the left, so dirty, probably tired, probably spent all day just beating bricks with a hammer just to make maybe just a few little, I don't even know what they call their money over there. But you see him on the right just with a little bit of help, just after his struggle, just after what he was going through. This man's camera became his passport and it is noted that the after picture sparked a call for change. No one realized how pitiful the conditions were until they saw what could be. After they saw what could be out of an impossible situation, change began to happen. One writer said that the before and after pictures of a cash has prompted a call for change and we never saw ourselves in that kind of light until we see what could be after there is no realization of the beauty of the gospel until we have a vision of what is possible after our struggle we can never desire to see that day until we all have a vision of what our kids could look like after they come home maybe dirty maybe hurting until we have a vision of what it could look like sitting right beside you we will never believe that it's possible until we catch a vision of people that could what people could look like after Christ it can be concluded that the result of one life being changed is hope for an entire world. One life changed by the Spirit, restored, given peace and love is enough to reach an entire world. As we stand, our change is the catalyst of a mighty revival of people. Church, you're changed by the Holy Ghost and your willingness to have a vision to get to the other side. You're changed by what the Holy Spirit is doing in you is going to show so many others what can happen when Jesus gets a hold of them. The born again individual is the after picture seen for the benefit of those that are trapped by the snare of sin. You are a picture today of what happens after Jesus gets a hold of you. Going back to my original text found in Hosea, Hosea's wife was named Gamar. and Like I said, she was a very unvirtuous woman. A woman of many regrets. Many mistakes. Desired the world and did not desire her husband. She left Hosea time and time and time again. Even bearing his children still left. The scripture says that I will show her unto me. And I will have mercy upon her after everything that they have After everything she did, God told Hosea, you will have mercy on her. You will have mercy on her because I will have mercy on you. I will have mercy on you, brother Sean. After everything that we do to God, and after everything that we put in the way of our relationship with Him, this scripture says that I will have mercy upon those that do not deserve mercy. Even after mistakes and sin and transgressions, Jesus still stood on the auction block of death and hell and said, I will pay the cost for your sin. Just as God said to Hosea, I will have mercy on those who do not deserve my mercy. I will call them my people who don't deserve to be called my people. And I will be their God. Today we have a choice to see past our current situation. And envision what it could look like after we overcome our struggle. Today we have a choice to turn away. And receive Jesus' mercy and grace because of it we can face tomorrow's pain. Right now if you've been struggling with sin and you've been struggling with regret if you're under the sound of my voice and the enemy has tried to come in and convince you to stay where you are. If the enemy and the adversary has tried to convince your mind that it's not worth it to move forward. I want you to look around this room of about 150 people. 150 people of after Jesus moments, after their struggles, after your addiction, after the alcohol, after the pornography, after everything you've been through. You are the testimony that the world sees tonight that after Jesus. Mama, Daddy, if you've got children that have walked away from Christ, let me encourage you, when, not if, they come home, their mistakes are going to pale in comparison to what God is going to do through them. Let me remind that brother, that sister that may be willing to give it all up right now, if you can just make it through the storm and keep your eyes fixed of the after. That after your pain we're going down to the river down to the river.